Welcome back to Strong Style Wrestling Podcast, and I am your host, Paul Martinez, and we're back this week. We're talking Lucha Underground. We're talking episode 216, entitled Graver Consequences. Let's get right into the show. Uh, it starts off as Dario heads into like a club of some sort and meets up with that politician uh, played by Lorenzo Lamas, Councilman Delgado. Uh, Dario is there basically, looks, seems to make a payoff as he hands a thick envelope over to the councilman. He looks to leave right away, but Mr. Delgado uh, makes him stay. He tells him he's being sloppy and tells him about the police investigation. He also says his employer is invested in the temple and when its extension is complete, he will come to see it. Uh, Dario seemed very concerned by this news. And, uh, it's an interesting segment. I'm not sure where they're going with this, but, uh, we'll see. Then my future wife, Melissa Santos, introduces the first match, and it is Cortez Castro versus Mr. Cisco versus Joey Ryan for the final ancient Aztec medallion. The crew members quickly dispatch Joey from the ring, then face off 101 for a minute or two. Then out of nowhere, Joey sneaks in. Schoolboys, Castro, one, two, three, gets the win. I can't even make this up. One star, total waste of time. Uh, it was a joke. It was just, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Joey Ryan wins. It, it was an absolute nothing match. If you blinked, you missed it. We go to that altar where we usually see Mill, and he's there meditating. Katrina says she's waited. 197 years for this day to escape the darkness. She claims she's the one that led him from the darkness and saved him from death's grip. She says after he breaks all the bones in Matanza's body and closes that casket, she will lick the face of a god and they will be immortal. And they walk away hand in hand. Then from behind the altar emerges King Cuerno, who apparently was there the whole time. Good stuff, um, visually, but a lot of holes in this. Well, first of all, how was Katrina going to lick Batanza's face if the casket shut? I don't know. And I guess we're trying to see saying she's 190, at least 197 years old. Silliness. Okay, uh, we get on to our next match, and it's Prince Puma, Dragon Azteca Jr., and Rey Mysterio Jr., who are the trio's champions. And they defend those belts against Ivelisse, Son of Havoc, and due to the injured Angelico, Johnny Mundo. Very clean match early on, um, with everybody but Mundo really a baby face in this, and then Mundo tags in and that changes. He sends Puma to the floor where Taya attacks him. Ivelisse argues with Taya about it. We get more back and forth action. At one point, Ray and Ivelisse get in each other's faces. Mundo tries to hit that springboard roundhouse kick, but accidentally KOs Ivelisse with it. Son of Havoc then gets hit with 619. Puma is tagged in. And he, he really, he acted like he was like amazed that Ray Mystery would tag him in. I mean, I understand you're trying to defer that Ray is a legend and he is but I don't know I just didn't I didn't like this over this like 
oh, I'm just a poor dumb kid. I can't believe Ray tagged me in. I don't know. I didn't like it. It bothered me. But anyway, he uh, goes up, hits the 630 centon. One, two, three. And the champs retain. Two and a half stars. It was a good match. Uh, after the match, Taya, though, attacks Ivelisse. So, uh, my guess is we're probably going to see something with Son of Havoc and Ivelisse versus Mundo and Taya. I'm guessing is where they're going with that. I don't mind that, actually. Um, Ivelisse is great in the ring. Taya is adequate. And, uh, Mundo and Son of Havoc are both very good. So this should be a nice little feud if that's where they're going. Then we get our main event. It is Mil Muertes versus Matanza. Graver consequences for the Lucha Underground Championship. Mill attacks before the bell. Um, rocking him a little bit. Matanza comes back. Sydney Mill crashing, uh, over the rope on top of a casket. Later on, Katrina breaks a chair on Matanza's back, but he turns and just starts choking her. Uh, but Mil Metz spears Matanza into a row of chairs from the audience. They continue the battle. Matanza power bombs Mill on one of the caskets. Uh, for some reason, Matanza started loosening the tension in the bottom rope. And he and Mill are fighting on the apron. Mill hits a flatliner from the apron onto a casket. Then Mill Metz brings the broken up casket into the ring. While this is going on, Dario grabs Mil Muerte's foot and Mil grabs him by the neck, but Matanza saves him. Mil gets a piece of iron from that buckle when, when he was loosening the bottom rope, there's this thing you turn. I guess he finished turning in and took the iron piece out of there and uh, he went to use it, but Matanza got it from him and cracked Mil with it instead. Then starts to tear away at Mil's mask. He cracks him again a couple of times with the piece of iron. And then we have a bloody Mil Muertes, but he comes back, he chokes as Matanza onto the casket. Mill goes under the ring and finds a toolbox with a chainmail glove. Really? He uses it to batter Matanza, but Matanza hits a low blow. Matanza then tosses the broken casket out of the ring. Um, then gets Mill in one of the other coffins. But, uh, he's trying to fight the closer, but Mill is, uh, you know, trying to keep it from being shut. Finding Mill in desperation puts his fist right through the lid and pulls Matanza's head into the casket to free himself. Then Mill uses the ring bell on the champion. Very, this is very hardcore style here. And, uh, the fans are totally behind Mill Muertes, um, throughout this. Uh, Katrina then, just, I don't even know why. Just out of nowhere, just walks up and slaps the heck out of Dario. But she gets laid out by a chair shot to the back from the monster Matanza. He then throws the stone and Katrina into a casket and shuts the door on it. Mill gets a casket uh, into the ring. He then power slams Matanza, puts Matanza in, but he isn't able to shut the lid as Matanza is now fighting to keep it open. Matanza is able to fight out of it. Uh, he closes the lid and then power bombs Mil Muertes on top of it. Then opens it up again and Matanza hits really a sloppy Wrath of Gods and slams Mil Muertes right into the coffin. Uh, slams the hood and it's over. Uh, three stars, not even close really to the grave consequences with Mil and Phoenix from season one. 
But it was good. It was pretty good uh, for what it was. Um, you know, it's just basically a hardcore brawl. But for what it was, it was okay. Dario does announce Matanza as the champion. And then he opened the casket that Katrina was in. But she has disappeared. Now we get like this uh, parade of death. Like these guys come out all dressed in black with the death faces painted on them. To take the casket away. And as they're taking the casket away, we see that the one that's pushing it is actually King Cuerno. Interesting stuff. Uh, is what, what's King's relationship with all this? I'm very interested to see what to do with King Cuerno. I think he's a character that, uh, should be a little more to the top of the card. He's been kind of a mid-card guy season one and for the most part this season. And I, I think they're missing the boat a little on him. I, I would definitely try to focus on King Quino a little more. Well, we switch uh, to another location where we see a limo pull up to Councilman Delgado. He gets in and he gives his boss the envelope, which is apparently $50,000 from Dario. He says Dario believes his brother is the most powerful uh, being ever. And, uh, you know, he kind of chuckles it off and says he knows it's his boss, who he refers to as my lord. We then see this lord light up a cigar in, like, darkness, and then we sign off. Good episode. Not a great episode. It was good. Um, you know, the, the main event was okay. They moved, they really seemed to be pushing this new Overlord story, I guess that's what I'm going to call it. Apparently, it's somebody more powerful than Dario and that Dario even fears. So, you know, this is apparently what they really are pushing now. Hopefully, it won't be as hokey as some of the other side stories we've had this season. Some of them have been good, but a lot of them have been kind of hokey. So, I'm, I'm hoping that this one is uh, a good payoff to whatever is going on here. And not just some... Unknown character that we don't know, which it could be. I mean, Matanza was some unknown guy, uh, uh, a guy that was wrestling. He's a Olympian guy and wrestling on Indies. And, <clears throat> you know, the whole build-up for Matanza, you kind of thought it was going to be somebody big. I mean, again, with a TV show, actors are actors. You don't necessarily have to have a big name to play the role. But I'm kind of hoping it is, being that they're making this mystery about who he is. But that's our show. Uh, quick show today. Um, no New Japan to talk about. Uh, but uh, we will be back next week with more Lucha Underground. Okay, I'm adding uh, the second episode. Uh, well, not the second episode, but I'm adding our review for a second episode, episode 217, entitled Crime and Punishment. But adding this to the uh, podcast that you just heard. Uh, reason being that I actually recorded that podcast and the day I recorded it, uh, the one for episode 216 that you just heard, I lost internet. Uh, we had a problem with Verizon. And for those who don't know, I live in New York and Verizon is on strike, which took them almost a full week to get somebody out here to uh, get it fixed. Apparently, they need to replace a box or something, whatever it is. But regardless... No internet for six days, I believe it was. I mean, five and a half days, no internet. And so, it made no sense to record that podcast on its own. Then this one on its own. We'll combine them into one show. That one went pretty quick anyway, that review. And so, sometimes things work out. So, I'm sorry for the lateness, but let's get right into episode 217. As I said, entitled Crime and Punishment. 
Uh, the show opens with Dario Cueto pulling out stacks of cash from his bag uh, in Storm's cage. He says he can't find Chavo or his medallion that he stole. Dario says if Chavo puts the medallion in its slot in the Gift of God's belt, he will be in the match and not Cage. Cage says, well, I'll never let him get there. And uh, so, you know, Dario says, okay, well, you can come into the ring. If you want to try to stop Chavo, here's your chance. We switch to my future wife, Melissa Santos, who begins the whole uh, ceremony here of uh, the Gift of the Gods uh, belt. Out comes Dario. And I glimpsed something very slight. I actually rewinded this four times. Uh, Melissa hands him the mic and in an almost dismissive fashion and then turns her back on him. This was not unnoticed by Dario. You can tell by his reaction. Like almost, a, you know, what the hell was that about? So there may be something brewing here. Very slight, very subtle, which I am a big fan of subtle so i'm really looking forward to see if there's some sort of animosity between dario and melissa santos and there's some sort of storyline coming here uh, we'll be again interested to see if that was nothing or if it was something we'll see in future weeks so now dario's in and announces the gift of the gods match is in fact tonight he calls down the medallion winners to take their uh place by entering their medallions into the slots on the Gift of the Gods belt. Now, coming into this, I had an idea that Chavo would probably try to outfox everyone by disguising himself, possibly as Aerostar, and then, you know, Cage not realizing it's him, and he's, you know, puts it in there. Uh, so let's see if I was right. Dejano is first out, and uh, then Joey Ryan comes out, Sinestro de Muerte, without Katrina, by the way. Aerostar comes out. It didn't really look like Chavo to me, but you never can be sure. The Mac is next. Then out walks Sexy Star to a great ovation. So that's six. So where's Chavo? And here he comes. Chavo Guerrero with a chair in his hand. Darius says, this is what he's talking about. He tells him to fight it out. So Cage immediately beats down Chavo, picks up the velvet bag, holding the medallion. When he opens it, it's a big washer. Chavo then catches Cage with a couple of chair shots and we see that the medallion must have been taped to the inside of the chair because after the second one it falls out onto the mat. Chavo picks it up, places it into the belt, and he is now in the match. But he probably eats a discus lariat from Cage. Cage spots that stupid catchphrase and then gives Chavo a devastating weapon X. And we go to break come back and we have a four-way match Argenis versus Daga versus Cobra Moon versus well Melissa before she can introduce that fourth competitor is interrupted by Famous B who introduces his client Mascarita Sagrada Sagrada starts off strong but then we get him and Cobra in the ring and just a terrible terrible display However, Daga and Argenis then get in and they have a nice, decent exchange. We get a few new near falls from just about everyone. Argenis hits an interesting driver. Not really sure even how to call it. Guess it's kind of like, uh, like a Michunoku driver, I guess, on Sagrada. But Daga breaks up the pin. Uh, Sagrada takes a really nasty and scary bump when Argenis throws him across the ring and he lands neck 
first across the bottom rope. Oh, I was very worried uh, when that happened. I I can't lie. The first thought in my head was Paraguayo Jr. Uh, Cobra hits Sagrada with a tombstone power driver, then slithers away, allowing Daga to score the pin. Apparently, I guess Cobra has a crush on Daga. I'm not really sure. Uh, two stars. Okay when Cobra was not involved. Uh, terrible when she was. After the match, she's becking a confused Daga over to her. But he looks very uninterested and leaves the ring. So, I'm wondering if they may do a storyline where Daga is not interested in girls or is it just Cobra in particular? You see, if you watch a lot of television dramas, like I do, um, there's been a trend of introducing gay characters into shows. Not saying this is happening, but I'm just wondering if that's possible. It would definitely be, you know, yet another way that Lucha Underground kind of takes the lead in something. I mean, yes, we know that Darren Young, who I actually am a fan of, uh, from the WWE announced he was gay, but there was never really used in the storyline in any way, which, honestly, I like that they didn't use in the storyline. I didn't feel that they should, uh, you know, sensationalize that or take advantage, you know, you know what I mean, exploit. Um, that fact, but again, that's like, God, you guys have been listening to me for two years and, you know, a year plus 17 episodes. You must get sick of me he, uh, saying this, but this is not a normal wrestling show. It's a TV, really a TV drama, a scripted TV drama about wrestling. And in that case, I could definitely see them playing a character being gay at some point. Now, again, don't know if this is where they're going with this. I have no idea. I don't know Daga if in his sexual orientation in real life, nor honestly do I care. Just something that came into my head with the way he reacted to um, Cobra Moon. Although he made us be disgusted by her wrestling skill, because believe me, that would make me turn from her as well. We get a very weird segment in the locker room area with Killshot's gearing up for a match, apparently for against Marty DeMoth, who comes up behind him. And he's kind of mocking Killshot for their match, but he gets taken down by Killshot. And uh, Kilsack gives him like a finger gun, you know, move, you know, kind of like a butter club type of thing and walks off and we see Marty just starting to laugh uncontrollably on the ground. What the hell is this about? Marty is so freaking weird. And we go to the ring and that's the match. It's Marty Demoff versus Killshot. Uh, Killshot gets Marty out on the floor fairly during the match. Goes for his back somersault dive, but Marty catches him. Power 